The New Orleans Pelicans are in the playoffs after beating the Los Angeles Clippers in the play-in tournament, and Willie Green learned a valuable lesson that will only help the Pelicans in their first-round series with the Suns. Let's celebrate and talk about it in a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Saturday, a bonus episode because... Yeah, the Pelicans are in the playoffs. First round date set with the Phoenix Suns after beating the Los Angeles Clippers in the play-in tournament. Do you get it? Do you hang a banner for a play-in tournament cha- championship? It's a tournament. Isn't there like a title at the end of it? 105-101, hanging on to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. A really up and down game. We're going to talk about this one. The first half, that third quarter what Willie Green can learn from that and just the overall vibes around the team and how far they have come this year because this is definitely a big accomplishment and Pelicans fans you should be proud of this team and you should be excited today even though you're you're getting the Phoenix Suns who are really freaking good and thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available five days a week Monday through Friday and then bonus episodes on Saturday there might be an episode tomorrow as well and no paywall or anything like that. Just Pelicans talk Monday through Friday, not beating the same stupid narratives that the national media is. Boots on the ground. I live here in New Orleans covering the team on a daily basis. So let's get into it. That first half against the Los Angeles Clippers. This went about as well for New Orleans as it could have gone. They're given a boost by no Paul George in this one. And look, I, I don't want to like celebrate that. That's a guy who tested positive for COVID, who was feeling bad. I don't want anyone to get COVID, but you can only play who is in front of you. And the Pelicans caught a bit of a bit of a break, huge break without Paul George. And then before the game, they announced that Luke Kennard was out. He had been questionable. And that was a big boon for New Orleans because going into this, if you listen to the preview show from the other day, I was nervous about the Clippers role players hitting shots. If you go back to that game on March 26, whatever it was when they last played in New in LA and the Clippers smoked the Pelicans, that was their role players stepping up and hitting shots. They have shot makers with length up and down their roster, but losing two guys, including their best player really hurts that depth and evens the talent level with the Pelicans. And so if they could make these role players uncomfortable, and didn't let them get into a rhythm and hit shots, New Orleans was going to be able to keep up with them. But if those guys were hitting threes, right, New Orleans can't keep up with the team shooting threes. And in the first half, the Clippers didn't hit threes. They were actually making them uncomfortable. The Clippers shot 4 of 21, 19% from three in the first half. That's massive. Combine that with Brandon Ingram going off in the first quarter to the tune of 16 points, getting just enough from other guys. Larry Nance Jr. being a key in this one in the first half. 10 points, 9 rebounds. And I'd said he was probably going to play more than Jackson Hayes and be more of an impactful player than Jackson Hayes was. 
Zubac is a problem, particularly for Jonas Valanciunas, particularly for Jackson Hayes. You need to try and kind of play him off of the court. You need a, a, a more athletic big, a guy that can play in more space in Larry Nance. And he did. So getting those type of contributions from your players, right? CJ hitting a couple of shots, though not shooting particularly well. And just getting enough while the Clippers were missing was important. And if you were talking to me at the watch party at Mid-City Yacht Club with the Pels 12, I said, you need to get as big of a lead as you can in this first half because the Clippers will start to come alive. They won't shoot 19% the whole game. So when they start hitting threes, you need to be having a lead so that you just weather the storm. So that all of a sudden you weren't tied and now they're hitting their shots and they run away and go up 20 against you. Because if that's the case, then you're going to lose that game. Well, a 10-point lead at halftime certainly did it. They tried to make it a little bit closer than it should have been at the end of that first half, but overall, New Orleans was doing everything right. They were making the role players uncomfortable. They weren't letting those guys really get into a rhythm. Nick Batoon, 0 for 3, right? Reggie Jackson with Herb Jones guarding him, as I said he would, not Norm Powell. They put him on Reggie Jackson to disrupt the point of attack. 1 of 5 from 3, 5 of 12 overall. Disrupt their rhythm. Don't let them get a ton of ball movement to manufacture those open shots, and you will do well. And New Orleans went up 10. And then the third quarter happened, and Willie Green and the Pelicans, but Willie Green in particular, almost threw this one away. Let's talk about what happened in the third quarter coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar period. If you eat a protein bar, whether it's before or after a workout for breakfast or just as a snack to kind of keep you going throughout the day, you may as well eat the one that is the best tasting. And Built Bars are awesome. Again, I eat one every single day, pretty much. I love the mint brownie. I love the double chocolate. The salted caramel is excellent. They taste like a candy bar. So give them a try. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off. Most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They're delicious. They're good for you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Monday through Friday. Subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review. You ever want to help Locked On Pelicans still be here and be free and five days a week for y'all? Do those three things. It takes like 30 seconds total. And look, we got a lot to talk about. Now we got a first-round series against the Phoenix Suns. Of course, I'm going to get the Locked On Suns guy, Brendan, on here to talk about it. And we'll preview that matchup. We'll be recapping the games. And yeah, it's going to be a fun offseason, too, because they still have the Los Angeles Clippers pick. So we got months of stuff to talk about. And if you're a Pelicans fan, you've got to be subscribed to Locked On Pelicans. But right now, we're talking about their win over the Los Angeles Clippers, 105-101. Again, the first half... Perfect, perfect, like chef's kiss, perfect, right, for the Pelicans. Did everything right. And then the, thir the third quarter happened, and Willie Green learned some valuable lessons in this one. As I'd said, right, they were the Clippers were going to start hitting some shots. And when they did, you needed to have a comfortable enough lead to be able to weather that storm until they kind of came back down to earth, or you could figure out exactly what you needed to do to counter them. And Clippers did it on the first play out of the second half, nailing a three. They shot four of eight from three in the third quarter. And New Orleans panicked. And Willie Green, in particular, started to overthink and really started to melt it down. This was about as bad of a quarter as I have ever seen played by New Orleans. 
They were up 10 going into halftime. At the end of the third, they were down 10. It was a 20-point swing. New Orleans scored 18 points. The Clippers scored 38. And a lot of this was due to New Orleans' own making and the rotations that Willie Green decided to run. Early on, he called a quick timeout, realizing that Jackson Hayes in this matchup just cannot play in space like that. Pulled him out of the game. And instead, put in a guy in Tony Snell, who has not played essentially in been a part of the rotation for a couple of weeks. What is Tony Snell doing in this game in the third quarter? He played three minutes and 48 seconds. Let's round it up and call it four minutes. Minus nine. Everything he was doing was wrong with his rotations. Tony Snell comes in, takes a three-pointer, and he hits the side of the backboard. He put him in there, and I can tell you why he put him in there. I've had that question a lot. They needed more shooting. The first couple of minutes of the third quarter, when you saw Brandon Ingram drive, when you saw C.J. McCollum drive, the spacing was garbage for the Pelicans because they don't have three-point shooters, right? Again, there's a reason we didn't want the Clippers hitting a ton of threes and outpacing New Orleans on that. They were one of seven from three in the third quarter. The Clippers had no respect for anyone on the perimeter at all. So when CJ drove, when Brandon Ingram drove, they just collapsed on him. There are three, four, sometimes five guys around them. And the perimeter players on New Orleans were wide open because the Clippers were willing to let those guys beat them, knowing that they wouldn't be able to. So he put in Tony Snell to maybe have a more credible three-point shooting threat out there. And then Tony Snell hits the side of the backboard on the one shot he takes. It just made no sense overall when you realize how you had to beat this Clippers team. And then you look at it on the other side. Defensively, he gives you nothing, right? You saw him struggle out there. You saw Najee Marshall be a little too out of control and struggling in there. And what was New Orleans doing? Not countering, not making the right adjustments. Those three, four minutes by Tony Snell felt like a lifetime. Longer, It feels like he played 20 minutes that quarter, doesn't it? It was that bad during that stretch. New Orleans was sloppy on defense because they didn't have guys that could rotate and cover. And you started to see the Clippers manufacture and create open three-point looks. Started with someone drive, dribble driving past, say, Tony Snell. Getting to the rim, over rotations and over commitment on help defense by the Pelicans, leading to a kickout pass to the corner, a long closeout, which didn't work, or got there just enough time that, okay, cool, let's just pass it to the next guy. They move the ball around the horn and they get an open look. And that's what was happening. This wasn't anything all of that complicated. It's just the wrong guys out there on the court. And so Willie Green would make another sub and it wouldn't work. And then another sub and it wouldn't work until he got to the freaking right guy that he should have put in in the first place in Trey Murphy. The Pelicans in the third quarter played 10 players, 10 players in the third quarter. It's the playoffs. It's an elimination game. Tighten up your rotation. We'd said that was going to be a key to that in yesterday, in Friday's show, yesterday's show. And Willie Green overthought it, went to these veterans that hadn't been playing, that are not as good as your young guys that can actually make an impact in this one. Trey Murphy, in the four minutes, he was on the court in the third quarter, a quarter where New Orleans was outscored by 20. He was a plus three. He was literally the only positive player in terms of plus minus out there on the court. Why did they wait until the end of the third quarter to get him in the game? Look, it's Willie Green's a rookie coach, and so he's going to make some mistakes, and you could see him just getting outclassed by Ty Lue, who's one of the better in-game adjustment coaches in the league. 
So I don't want to like crush Willie Green in this one, right? You're a rookie. You're allowed to make mistakes too, like these rookie players do. Oh. <laughs> he almost threw the game away in the third quarter. Almost threw the game away with these nonsensical substitutions and rotations in the third quarter. And it's due, not due to luck, but at least he figured it out at the end and managed to kind of stop the bleeding. New Orleans kept this one within 10. That was the goal midway through the third was don't let this get to more than 10. Then go into the fourth quarter and just kind of do your thing and really figure it out. And thank God the Pelicans did that. But that third quarter, they almost lost the play-in tournament in this game to the Clippers right there. And then in the fourth, they did exactly what they needed to do. And the lineups were working. And let's talk about that coming up here next to today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net, the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all. Getting ready to cover some NBA playoffs, two home playoff games. It's going to be so much fun. Also, shout out Pels12 for organizing the watch party at Mid-City Yacht Club. I had a really fun time there. I know everyone did there too. I hugged so many random people after the game, and it was a great time. I'm sure they're going to have more coming soon for the postseason as well. So make sure you're following them at the Pels 12 on Twitter. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's not done yet. we got a lot to talk about this offseason, too. So subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube as well. So the fourth quarter, they stemmed the bleeding going into this one in the 105-101 win over the Los Angeles Clippers. And then they just did what they should have been doing all the time. I gave you a pretty comprehensive game preview. I thought as I'm watching this game, I'm like, yep, that, that's going on, that's going on, that's going on. Because again, watching the Clippers a bunch before this one, realizing you need a lot of length and switchability there, you need a guy like Trey Murphy. Really need a guy like Trey Murphy in this one. And those are the type of lineups you need to use. You can't run big men at them. They run big men off the court with their athleticism in like six, eight guys all across the board, essentially. So in the fourth quarter, the most used lineup there after Herb Jones got a bit of a break was Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Trey Murphy, and Herb Jones. And you had Jose Alvarado to start the fourth quarter just to kind of keep things going. That was the right lineup. That was the right lineup to use heavily against the Los Angeles Clippers, and you should have seen more of it in the third, and this one would have been over. But Willie Green, and credit to him, figured it out. And at the end of the day, you get the victory, and that is all that matters. But you needed a guy like Larry Nance Jr. grabbing boards, being able to keep up athletically with some of these bigs that the Clippers have, or wings that the Clippers have, and play in space, right? Herb Jones throwing the clamps on guys. Brandon Ingram deciding he is going to win this game and going 3-3 three three in the fourth quarter. C.J. McCollum hitting a big three. And then Trey Murphy, right? Play him in this series. Play him heavy minutes against the Phoenix Suns. I'm begging you, Willie Green. Trey Murphy in almost 12 minutes of action the whole freaking quarter, right? Nine points on three of four shooting. 
three rebounds, one assist, not a single turnover, and playing good defense because he has length to bother these guys, because he's a smart defender. I can't hammer this point home enough. You've seen that they've wanted to close with him for a while now. You saw him out there closing that game against the Spurs. So to go away from him in the third quarter and go with Tony freaking Snell, the, it's the meme from the clue me, the flames coming out the side of my face, right? Learn your lesson now. And if Willie Green has done that, they can at least be somewhat competitive against the Phoenix Suns in this first round series. But it was a tough lesson and had us all scared for a period of time for Willie Green to try and learn in the middle of an elimination game. But he figured it out in the end. And coaches got to grow too. And rookie coaches are going to make rookie mistakes and trust guys they probably shouldn't trust because, well, those guys are veterans. And at least he figured it out and played the right guy. And the Pelicans get the win. And at the end of the day, that is truly all that matters unless he repeats these mistakes again. But don't, don't do that. And now the Pelicans are in the playoffs. Coming from a 1-12 start, a 3-16 start to get the 8th seed, this is fun. This is why you have a play-in tournament, right? Of all of the teams in the play-in tournament in the West, which one went in with the most momentum? Maybe the Clippers to a degree. But also the Pelicans, who finished the season strong since February, right? Seventh best offense, eighth best defense. They got off to a rough start due to injuries, due to a new coach, and figuring all of those things out. But you can easily say, and they've proved it now, they're one of the best, the eight best teams in the Western Conference. They are a playoff caliber team at the end of the season. And that's why they got in. That's why they got in, because they deserve to be there. And now you get four games against one of the best regular season teams, and we'll see how they do in the playoffs, that I've seen in a really long time. The Phoenix Suns are freaking good. And you'll get to grow from this and use this as a, as a launching point and a developmental tool, right? This is what the Suns did themselves in the bubble, ending strong, getting into the play-in tournament, having success there even if they didn't get into the postseason. Memphis did this last year, two years in the play-in tournament, Getting in last year, getting that postseason experience, and now they're the second seed. They have the second best record in the NBA. New Orleans can use this to their advantage too. Enjoy these moments if you're the players, but learn from them and work hard because this is only going to benefit you next season. Meaningful moments out there on a basketball court are really impactful. These games are like light years worth of development compared to the regular season. You get to game plan. You get to strategize over a hopefully seven-game series, let's say. You get to make adjustments. You get to learn from your mistakes and then go and apply them against the same team on the next night or in the next game. These are huge moments for New Orleans, and they deserve to be there. And you Pelicans fans who've been through with them thick and thin this year, and this you deserve this too. And it is so much fun to see the group come together. I, I'm an old old man at this now, right? I've been covering the team for a decade. Going back to Chris Paul's last year here is when I started doing media coverage around this team. I've been hosting Locked On Pelicans for six plus years at this point, I think. We're over 1,200 episodes of this show. This is the most, I since I've been covering the team, that I've seen the fan base come together like ever before. This is the closest group of fans, the most passionate group of fans. And you're a big reason, and I mean this, you're a big reason why this team is in the playoffs. You can see how they fed off the energy in the Smoothie King Center, particularly against that Spurs team in that Spurs playing tournament game on Wednesday. It feels like a year ago now. And when the Suns come to town, 
for two more at, le at least home games, you're going to make them feel it too. And Chris Paul remembers because he's been through a lot of this before. So he's going to be trying to get those guys ready. But he hasn't been here in a while for it. And so you're going to let him hear it. And I think it'll rattle the Suns just a little bit. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. <laughs> Probably not this week of Locked on Pelicans because I probably need to do a show tomorrow, so we'll see. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for sticking with me throughout the season. A lot more to come. It's going to be a fun time. We get a playoff series against the Phoenix Suns. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all, yeah, probably tomorrow on Sunday before game one.